I'm so happy for Matt Stafford. He's the uh, man. He's ugh, I watched like the highlights because I didn't I didn't watch because again I don't really care about football, but holy like the him rushing all the guys back to the line for that final drive. I'm like, that's oh, probably back to 2012. Dude, I had so much faith in the Rams winning that game because of Stafford. He's had no opportunities on a good team ever. That's so jacked for him. And the Rams really tried to blow that game for sure. Oh my god. And he carried. He's so yeah, he, good, man. He, he played really good. I'll start watching the next couple games because, you know, I'll jump on the staff, back on the Stafford bandwagon, even though I was never off. but I, I was on the bandwagon at the start of the year. I was back on it. He's my fantasy quarterback. Yeah, I've never you guys, actually – Did you guys watch the uh, the game last night? Like last The Bills game? game? I yeah, watched part of it, and every time I turned on, there was a touchdown. Yeah, it was, it was in crazy. The last two Four minutes, let's say, of playing time was the most insane football. And then overtime, of course, was insane football. The best part it is, the- it's literally just the Mahomes and Allen show. That's yeah. all oh, it yeah. is. They're no both so good. Whatsoever. They what was the game? It was Cincinnati, right? They kept. They kept. It was every other play was like a ta- Like they got sacked. Like Joe Burrow was getting. Joe Burrow sacked. got sacked nine times. Yeah, yeah. and he he's going to the AFC Championship after getting sacked nine times. Since he's going all the way, I'm telling you, oh, dude, they're away. I'm not gonna lie; I've only seen like pictures of him on Instagram. Like, I have no idea who he is, but he looks so cool. I'm kind of rooting for him. He is dude, like the LSU picture of him smoking a cigar. Oh, it's the best, yeah. dude. He he's kind of resembles Grant a little bit. Yeah, with his manner, with his mannerisms. I think so. Yeah, too. a little his bit. Hair. I'm your hair's. I'm a little bit more handsome, but and probably better at football, but. <laughs> This intro is way off the rails. So you know, I'll get, get sacked eight times, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get this back on track. All right. Welcome to the Production Line Podcast. I'm your host, Garth. Grant. Andy. Yeah. And Andy. We'll, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I honestly forgot. But uh, we'll start off with our uh, the usual, do our business. Uh, you know, we're part of Inside the Rink. We're presented by Inside the Rink and BetUS. And a quick word from BetUS. A quick word from our, our show sponsor and friends of Inside the Rink, BetUS. BetUS has your NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines for their 27th year of live betting. Sign up for BETUS.com with promo code RINK for a 125% sign-up bonus. Again, use promo code RINK for your 125% sign-up bonus. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry. Bet US. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. Yeah. All right. So we got a couple. We have some good stories, and then we got some. We got to cover two games that did not go the Red Wings way. Um, but we kind of started off the week on a real high. Again, all the news drops like right after our podcast comes out. But uh, the boy, Jamel, Jamel Smith, getting picked up off waivers. Vibes, oh. vibes, vibes were up. Yeah, oh, good story there. Um, yeah. So he is funny. So he was actually like about to play that night in Syracuse because he was getting assigned there for like a conditioning loan, but he actually had to go wait, go through waivers because he was coming off an injury. But the Red Wings were able to put him on a conditioning loan simply for the fact they claimed him off the waivers and he hasn't played in so long. But he wasn't there as first. I think that's how that works. Um. But yeah, Giovanni's older brother. He's 27 center, uh, 5'11", 205, I think it's 205. Um, 
Yeah, like Seems, he's got great. Looks thicker than that. He looks thicker than that. He's a he's a thick boy. He's solid. He's solid. Like, so uh, Giovanni. So oh, Giovanni. Giovanni is like one of the scariest humans in the world. Yeah, as we it's kind of tough because to like watching the the press conference. I don't mean to bag on Jamel already, but like Giovanni kind of got the looks of the family. It's tough. Yeah. That's not yeah. very nice. It isn't very nice. I know. I I really like Jamel. I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't bag on him this early, but Jamel's or Giovanni's a good looking guy. That's all I gotta he's, say. He is. Very handsome. Yeah. All right. Yes. So what are you guys' thoughts on it? Uh, I like it. I think it's a very low-risk type deal. He's a guy that has not really had opportunity playing in the NHL, kind of like Mitchell Stevens never had opportunity being in Tampa Bay. I don't think he has the same upside as Mitchell Stevens personally, but, I mean, his AHL numbers have been always pretty good. Uh, I remember watching him when he played for Dallas. And he was a hard worker. And I noticed him just because I knew he was Giovanni's older brother. But I thought he was a hard worker. Nothing special. But I'm. it's cool for the Smith family. Honestly, pretty awesome. They put a smile on my face for sure. Andy? Yeah, kind of the same to echo Grant. Um, it was an awesome story like on that front. But <clears throat> for him as a player, I – I honestly think it's just going to add more depth to our fourth line, try and figure something out. Cause I don't see him playing like anywhere above the fourth line to be fair. Like, sorry, Jamel, but the same thing as Giovanni, like Giovanni's doing so well in that fourth line role. And I'd love to see those two just tear up, just tear up opponents. Like how maybe cool, not. how cool would that be though? Literally if they fit as fourth liners together. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I, I don't, I don't personally see that happening because he's a center and once uh stevens comes back i think stevens has that role kind of locked down but well i think you never know yeah right now i think it's just honestly a move for right now like they're gonna work this is a you think something for right now and you figure it out later that's that's what i mean i'm just saying but if they became fourth line uh, on a fourth line together for the umpteen years how cool would that be yeah for sure that'd be awesome um but like i think this is kind of a this is to push Joe Valeno a little bit, I think, is what the message is here, I think. Like, not that Joe Valeno's been really bad or anything, but he hasn't been great. And I think Joe Valeno was very good after Jamel. Yeah, ranked. like, again, good, right? This is what we want. We want yep. players to be, we want our young players to be competing for spots. And for a while, like, due to injury with Mitchell Stevens and Carter Rowney both being out. You know, it's just an open, like Joe Valeno's kind of had no competition. I'm not saying like, again, he might not even be the guy that comes out. Like Adam Ernie's another guy that I think has been really lacking. And oh, yeah. even Jeff, Bla- Jeff Blaschel today in, at practice, because they, they brought up, we'll talk about the goal later, but he said he has, he's hasn't really liked Ernie's game recently. He has had a couple good games here and there, but he thought he's been a little bit better of late, which I don't know if I agree with, but whatever, this is from Jeff. Um, but yeah, Jamel, this is like I think he kind of takes the Carter Rowney role because you look at Mitchell Stevens, who he definitely busted his ankle. Like that's yeah, he went like you don't know how long that's gonna take to come back from Carter Rowney. They're still being like week to week with it, and it's kind of like he might be out long term too. So even when like if Mitchell Stevens even comes back, like Javon or Jamel could be playing 13th forward, right? Yeah. It's a role he's played for a lot of his career. Like he's only played 88 career NHL games at 27. But like his said, HL number, his HL numbers. I don't know if you guys have like looked at his stats. I think wasn't it last year where he had 
six points in three games. Yeah, and then the year before, they had 40 points in 50 games in a full season in the AHL. Yeah. Like, and he had three points in five games in the NHL last year. Right. Yeah. Like, I, he's I, a good – he's a quality – he's a quality pickup for sure. No, yeah. Especially for nothing. Like we said earlier, no risk at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, I say we dress him as a 13th forward and get, like, DeKaiser out of the lineup every night and just play 5D. Get Mo on the ice more. We'd suggest and, 14 forwards and put Witter as the 14th. Yeah, Finally, you're speaking Andy's it. language. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're just buttering me up. And another uh, – this came in a little bit later in the week, but another, uh, I think, good move for the Griffins. Uh, Justin Advocator signed a PTO, and immediately the Facebook crowd is like, I think we have a little uh, – everyone's worried with Ken Hall. Like, we think Ken Holland's still in charge. With everyone's like he's gonna go to the he's gonna go to the Red Wings. This is a terrible move. It's like no, the Griffins need players, and he's he's probably honestly he's might be on the long list for the Olympics still because I don't think USA has named their team yet, right? Yeah, they have. Yeah, they have. Oh, they have. Oh, whoops. Well, never mind. Scratch that thought. But I mean, still, this is a guy trying to get his career back on track. He's from the area, played for the Red Wings for his whole career. Like, you're just doing a guy solid, and I it doesn't hurt anything. <clears throat> Well, that and Max Homa reached his amount of uh, his max capacity PTOs. He's a lot of signs, so <laughs> I guess. I mean, I, I literally said that I have the note under that. This is the only negative is Max Humans. Oh yeah, Max Humans. Sorry, did I say home? I was thinking golf. I'm so sorry. Wait, that's a thing. <laughs> no, no, he's I kidding. Just, just, he's oh, kidding. But... <laughs> sorry, I said home. That's like I golfer, but yeah, humans. Yeah, oh. we need humans back. I love in our group chat whenever he gets released. What we said to like shit. Well, he'll be back next week. Yeah. And also like with the Griffins as well. I mean, they were like Bergren was out for a couple games due to COVID. And uh I mean the game before he went out, he had a four assist game. I I is he too good? That's this is so my bad. question. Is he too good? I've been the biggest Bergeron stand like my he, like forever. I think I saw that it was like his first like six games. He had like one point, but then he's over a point per game since. Yeah. Insane. He's been, he's really adjusted super well and he'll be on the team for sure next year. But I kind of look at it. Like, I understand that. Like, I don't think I'm not saying call him up, but like he would just bring so much more. Like imagine like a third line, like of Rasmussen, Bergeron and Zadina. Or like Zadina's- Jamel, Giovanni, Bergeron on the third line. <laughs> <laughs> Not without Rasmussen and Zadina. True, fair enough. Oh, fair sure. enough. Or Joe, Joe Valeno. Joe Valeno, Hiroshi, and Berggren. Wow, we're just going nuclear. We're just, <laughs> I mean, the bottom six has been pretty disappointing of late. But no one unfortunately this year. Okay. I want to see Jamel, Giovanni, and Witter on a line. Oh, my God. Pure chaos. I don't the think Jamel book. is nearly as physical as Jamal. Oh, he can still toss him though. He's I'm gritty. Sure he can. He's gritty. He's gritty. I just don't think he's. And you, you put you put the adrenaline of your brother over there again. That's toss, true. Tossing them, they're going at it. Start a line brawl. Like I mean, you know, Tampa when, Bay or when me like and Garth played on a line together, he would never get well, aggressive. Yeah, it was just me. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you're the big enforcer. What can I say? Yeah, five, ten, on buck twenty. Yeah, he's massive, huge guy. Five, uh, yeah, that's a lot of. F- but yeah, that lines that line has a lot of fists per sixty. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> yeah, that's a, good, that's a good stat. 
It is the a good puck stats possession, right there. Puck possession will be very low, but the uh, the pims will be high. That's all that matters. Yeah, that's all that matters. You gotta get those. <laughs> you gotta get the majors up. You know. Um, yeah. But unfortunately, we. I was kind of hoping it'd be so cool to like Jamel to play against the Stars his first game. Like that. That's what really I was sweet. thinking. I was pumped. But no, it was definitely the right move. Like get him his conditioning. Like he's he even said like I watched uh, I watched his interview with Grand Rapids. He said like he was struggling the first like half of the game because he wanted to like get his feet under him. Right. So, to be expected. He which had, is, which is good that, that they sent him down for the stint. Yeah, I think he'll be up this week because I think the Griffins have – I know they're playing tonight, so he'll play another game tonight, and I don't know if they play another game before Wednesday. That'd be nice if he got up for Wednesday. The TNT yeah, game, the TNT game, the Smith brothers on the fourth line together. Oh, my God, it'd be so good. I, I think he might I – I don't know if he'll be up for the Wednesday, but I think like Friday, Saturday for sure, Yeah, which is fine. Um, but, yeah – Rough game versus uh, like a very good fun game, and then a really rough third period. And it was basically as soon as I left for men's league that things went to shit. Um, yeah, the Red Wings lose five four in overtime. Um, we kind of had the uh, Tyler Bertuzzi was the best player in this game, arguably. And no this is rare game that Alex Ndalkovich let the team down. Rare yeah, game. I thought he played really bad. Well, I mean, when you let in two goals from the goal line, not great. It's happened a couple times this year where he's had those like rough. Go- I know he had the one with McDavid that was kind of like on the goal line. I think there was another one before that this year as well with the well, I, I feel like he lets in a lot of those. That's this thing. Like he'll have these great games, but then he'll let in a fluke goal. Like I remember, I think it was game two against Tampa Bay. They lost two to one and both goals were just flukes. It was a shot. You're like talking a, about playoff playoffs, right? Playoffs. Carolina. Yeah. Okay. Game two against Tampa Bay. Just a brutal goal that you cannot yep. give up like late in the third period. That really just butchered Carolina was out shooting them, I think maybe like 30 to 15. Oh yeah, I remember 35 that. 35 yeah. to 15. And Ned just letting a leaker. Again, let's not get it twisted. Like Nedeljkovic has been one of our best players this year. Like, uh yeah, I'd say he was. He's probably been the MVP this year. I got, I got something for that later. But um, yeah, like, he, like he's in the conversation for sure, and like he's been, he's become the starting goalie. This is the first time since like really like prime Jimmy Howard, we've had a guy who's like rotating this much in a starter role. Yeah, and I has, guess, and has deserved it. My only thing is. As crazy as it sounds, I think if we had Jonathan Bernier here, he'd be doing the same thing. He could be doing uh, potentially be doing the same thing. You look at his last couple of years in Detroit, he he is so good in the winged wheel. Yeah, he'd be like my perfect backup for Nelkovich, but I don't think he's a starter. Like I think his- he can be a starter. Ah, the know. numbers he put up in Detroit were ridiculous. Even watching him in New Jersey, he was he hasn't been the same. And he's yeah. had some good games, but it's not the same as he was doing in Detroit. Yeah, be, I, I'd be cur- I'd be curious to see how like you draw because like, I know like he was facing a ton of shots, but he was also playing for the like the worst, almost one of the worst teams arguably in the cap era, right? Yeah. And so yeah, so it's a tough one. Um, yeah. So with this game. Uh, we got a Glenn Denning tribute. Cool. Oh, I kind of miss him. I'm not going to lie. Um, uh, but, I don't. What? You don't miss him? No. 
but I kind of just want to talk about like how how great the the new second line is the the Guelph line. Um, that pass from Bertuzzi to Fabry. Oh, yes, that was the stuff. That's the good stuff. Yeah, little little juke on Holpe goes top shelf. I don't know. Why I was going to leave it at top, but it sounded awkward. So it did sound really weird. I didn't like that. Um, but yeah, like that pass, like the vision on that, unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I was there. Yeah, it was the first goal, right? Because then KV Ranta scores his first goal of the season and ties oh, it, right? No, he yeah. made it two to one. Suter scored the first goal. That's that was the first bad goal. You're right. Yep. Yeah, that was the yeah, Ned being off the post on that and leaves that little bit of room where he's kind of down like that. That's it, it a tough one to watch. Really bad. Um, but yeah, Kivironta scored that second one. And then right away, the second line comes back. And the second line was the best line in this game. Bertuzzi drives to the middle, and you had options on both sides. And then Suter drops back behind and rips it past Holpe. Not a great goal. Probably shouldn't score that. But also, like, it's just the opportunities that Bertuzzi's creating right. with that second line. He's really, like, showing – I think, like, I'm writing something right. I think – I'd argue Bertuzzi's kind of the MVP of the team right now. Yeah. that's Yeah, so that's where – so I was going to mention that, too, when we were talking about him. And even going back to, like, last week's episode where we are talking about our All-Star. So I had, like, gone out of the room when we were talking about it for a minute, stepped out, and then we had already changed to a topic, and I forgot to bring it back up. I, I think Larkin's a deserving All-Star, but I, out of my, in my opinion, out of everyone's play and, like, how what they bring for a game, I think it's Bertuzzi in my mind. And that yeah. goes along with the MVP status for our team. Like, you know, I I just like like we said last week, like Grant had mentioned it too. He said uh he drives, he's a line driver. Like so putting him down on a second line gives us more offense, especially if Verona does come back and slots in on that first line. That's where I think like like because don't get me wrong, Larkin has a lot on his plate and number one center, like it's not an easy matchup, like you know what I mean? But Burton is that guy who can drive that line or drive any line, play in all positions, and he gets things done. Like he sets up plays, he scores, doesn't do it. He's not the prettiest guy doing it. Don't get me wrong. But mm-hmm. in my opinion, I like looking back at it and listening to last week's episode, thinking about it, I think he should be our all star. And, and it's nothing against Dylan. It's just right. Right. I, that's my standpoint. That, but that's also, I am a big Bertuzzi fan. Like I love Bertuzzi. So. Yeah, ultimately, That's I think it came down. I think it comes down to missing the games and vaccination status. Exactly, and That's, also yeah. and also the two other guys being nominated as the rookies who are having such great years also factor in. But I definitely right. like. I think Larkin is it makes a lot of sense. Simply, he's a new captain. It makes a lot of sense for the market, and yep. he gets to be in the the premier um, event of right. the All Star of the All Star Skills competition. Well, no, they could just get Bert as the All Star. They could just invite Larkin. In. Oh, we're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to this in a second. We're gonna get yeah. to that later. I'm. I got some words. Okay, but yeah, no. Obviously, we're not taking any away, anything away from Larkin. Larkin, right, exactly. Has Desert. a great thirty-seven points, thirty-seven games this year for Larkin. Great. Bertuzzi, thirty-six points, thirty-four games. Also, Bertuzzi has passed ten games, fifteen points. Yeah. His past four games since being on the second line, eight points. <laughs> Which is line just driver. stupid. Like, what are we saying? 
Because like, he, that's what he we're really just for. he really just sparked Fabry and Suter. Yeah, I looked at it. So Suter's played better. Like he's had a lot of chances, especially against those Buffalo games. But Suter only has one goal in the four games, which again, he has not looked bad. We're not taking anything away. But Fabry's up to three points in those four games. And I think Fabry's the biggest one we got to like. We decided him to term. Mm -hmm. You really want to have Fabry going and being a productive middle six guy. Oh, yeah, 100%. And with Bertuzzi, like I haven't think, I don't think Fabry's been bad this year. And we'll go into like the midseason grades when we talk about Fabry deeper. But, um, he hasn't been bad, but like I've wa- he's left me wanting more. Is all I really like want us like you know what I mean? Fabric. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. We all I agree with. He's that. been yeah. slightly disappointing, but I've liked his effort and what he brings most nights. Um, but yeah. But then also in this game we get a, um, I guess we were just talking about how Larkin may like you know Bertuzzi may, maybe should have been the All Star, but then Larkin's just like nope, I'm gonna have a highlight real goal here. <laughs> yeah. He uh, how many how many how many millions of dollars do you think he knocked off John Klingberg Klingberg's next contract? Zero. Hopefully enough. <laughs> I was gonna say he's, still, still, gonna, he was, he's still gonna get paid. He just made him look shitty. Yeah. Oh my god, that move! As soon as he got traction going up from like as soon as he turned left his across his own blue line, I'm like, this is gonna be something special. Yeah. He he Turn just had that ice. look on him. Yeah, so he go he tur- he, I'm pretty sure it was second on him. He uh, cruises past second and his whatever maybe half a knee at this point in his career, right? Um, and then absolutely dances John Klingberg and then flips it over like he shoots it. And it kind of like grazes Holpe's shoulder and it kind of just bounces in. It was unbelievable. Literally, I think it's the nicest goal of the year so far for the Red Wings. From the Wings, yeah. Yes. Uh, I- Ber- uh, Bertuzzi. <laughs> Bertuzzi has a couple of games. Game one. Game one, yeah, okay. Absolutely walking Hedman and Sergachev and Barry and Vasilevsky. That's true. Because Klingberg's not Hedman. You're right. That's true. Klingberg can't play defense. They're both Swedish, but one can't play defense. Also, uh, he he didn't, yeah, Hedman's one of the best defensemen, and so is Klingberg. He's up there. He's a high name. He's other way. Yeah. But he also Bertuzzi is also in traffic around three people with a fourth with a fourth back checker on on his right side, I believe. If I'm but it's it's so nice to see Larkin carry the puck with that speed. Yeah, because I feel like the last couple of years he's been kind of getting away from that. You saw him mm-hmm. his freshman year. Um, he would just sprint with the puck. He did not care. It was like he wasn't scared to get injured or anything like that. But lately, it almost felt like. He doesn't use his speed to his full potential when he has the puck on his stick. Like you watch guys like McDavid. Exactly. Yeah. McDavid, McKinnon, like Jack Eichel, even the way they use yeah, speed with the puck on their stick, McCarr. That's yeah. what Larkin can do. He's capable of that. He just might not have the hand the same hands as them, but he kind of showed that he sort of does on that goal. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, Larkin's not, he's definitely not known for his like hands. He's known for his possession and like able to, how his zone entries is really yeah. what like sets him apart from players. Um, but yeah, like again, we go into like the line separation there. Like, this isn't taking away from Larkin's offense at all with Bertuzzi because he's able to do, him and Raymond are able to drive a line. One thing the- that got brought up to me by uh, Chase that he wants to see, and I am actually all for it. 
Okay. Uh, I want to see a trial with that first line for five to seven games. He said five games. You put Raymond Larkin and Zadina together for been, five games. I said, and if he doesn't have two to three points, bag it. Yeah. I think that's definitely like I, I like I like Nemesnikov. He's a safe pick there. That's mm-hmm. safe for right now. I'm okay with that. But yep. what do we have to lose right now to try that to try to spark Zadina? Because how else are you gonna spark him besides playing him with with two guys that could potentially pop him up? Cause I think him with Raymond earlier this year when they got a couple shifts together, that was some of Zadina's best shifts. Yeah. No, I completely, I completely agree with that. And like we saw in the preseason where they played together, and they actually looked pretty well, like possession wise. They were carrying the play. Again, granted, preseason and not against like top NHL talent. But also, if you, I wasn't but, concerned about Zadina in preseason, that's exactly while, while watching him play with those two guys. Yeah, and like at this point, like you still want to get your value from your six overall pick. Like, granted, he might not be this elite play, you know, play driving scorer that we thought he was going to be. But I mean, he's still like got that top six potential and can still be able to produce at a high level. Like he is, granted, he is like an NHL player. Like we're not taking that away from right. him. He's yeah. definitely an NHL player. Go ahead, Danny. What? Oh yeah. So what I'd like to see from that, I actually wouldn't mind that at all. Uh, like because so when Zadina came in or was drafted, sorry, in juniors, he was a goal scorer, right? Well, when he came to the NHL, we talked about how his defensive game has improved. Like was beyond what we ever really expected and then he was trying to be he's turned into like kind of a setup man trying to play well Raymond's your setup man on that line really so Mm -hmm. I'd like to see him if he does go there I'd like to see him shoot the puck more and still be the setup guy because like I mean there's three capable three capable scorers on that line but I'd like to see Zadina in the sense where where it's warranted to be a little bit more selfish and shoot the puck and maybe try and get that going too and that's where with Raymond like I said Raymond's crossing passes are unbelievable Larkin drives the line with the speed and zone entries and I mean ultimately like we we all kind of talked about it last episode where once Verona gets inserted back in we think he's going to be the goal scorer on that line but I also wouldn't mind seeing Zadina try and fill in to drop back into his old junior days where he's the goal scorer and try and do that on that line into To kind of go off of that, it's the creation of space for Zadina. Zadina. Right. Like on the power play, you watch him. He's when he gets in his groove, you're you're scared, you're worried because you right. think the puck has a possibility to go in the net. And we haven't seen that with him this year because five on five, he's not getting that space. And I think Raymond's patience and Larkin's speed is going to open up space for him. To be exactly. able to do more things with the puck. So I guess we can skip Zadina and the the midseason grades because you kind of just gave the whole breakdown right there. That was pretty good. Yeah, that's 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 where I like to that's what I like to see from him if that does happen. And that's a very good point. I, I'm starting to try to get a little less off of him simply because maybe there's a chance we can get checkered for him if things go well. Yeah, we can talk about that towards the <laughs> later in the later in the episode. I'm trying to like I set like I set these like talking points and like we just having to like we crushed the Zadina one which is fine it was natural it was good um no and I completely agree like we need to you need to see what we can get out of him I think it's still a little too early but like if you get Chikrin like come on 
but, right. um, but uh yeah right after the larkin goal like the red wings were really buzzing like larkin had another two on one and he set up cider who bobbled it which is like ugh, you know what i mean um i said that this was like at this point in the game like halfway through the second i'm like this is one of the better games i see the red wings play like it was ned that like happened to like a couple of those goals and like you know you should have that and I thought the Red Wings were playing pretty well as a team. And then Ned lets in another another really bad goal to Essa Lindell, and I thought this is where the game changed completely. It seemed like the wind kind of came out of the sails. Yeah, It's tough, you know. And it was so bad. Like, that's another one. That one, I think, arguably even worse because it didn't even touch anything. It just went right through him. Um, Essa Lindell, not a, known, not a known goal scorer. Um, yeah, and then just not great. Um, but I'm at this point. I'm, I I only watched the first two periods because I went to men's league. But funny enough, so I got two guys on my team who are both from Michigan. So we were kind of like listening to the game in the corner of the locker room. <laughs> yeah, and so like I, I caught like the Bertuzzi goal. Uh, literally, our only guy that could score on a power play, but it was kind of a uh, kind of a not a great goal on a power play because you know Esselindel was sliding and. Bertuzzi went to go pass it. That was the dumbest game. slide I've ever seen in my life. Why yeah, would you? Doing? Why? Why do you slide when your goalie's on the the near post and you're sliding to cover the back post? But literally, if the puck gets passed across crease, it's just going to hit off you and go in. Right. That's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, because then because as soon as it hits, as soon as it hits him, it's going right in the yes, net. Literally positioning of the goalie. I don't um, know if Bert realized that, or I think he was trying to pass to Raymond still and. No, it was Larkin. Is Larkin he's trying to pass, dude? Okay, and Essa slid too fast, where it was just going to hit him and go in. Either way, it was a goal. Why not right. use your stick there? Yeah, or your feet or something. Sorry. No. So yeah. Essa had like, two goals tonight. No, and uh, I had so Emma knows I take notes for every game, so she decided she was going to take notes for for the third period. You want to hear like some of my favorites here? Yeah, let's, let's hear them. <laughs> She said, Glenn Denning reminds me of Toby Maguire. <laughs> um, what, was, what was the other one? She, oh, she says the Red Wings always feel like they're playing shorthanded, which I mean, fair. Yeah, it's a fair assessment. Uh, she noted that Red, the Larkin has 37 points, Bertuzzi, Bertuzzi is 36, and Raymond is 33. So good for her. It's good, good job, it's good Emma. Stats. It's good stats right there. Um, yeah. Uh, she said the songs suck. Uh, Ganya, cool. I guess, had a sad attempt of a breakaway shorthanded is when she puts <laughs> sad attempt. Um, but yeah, like, so thank you, Emma, our guest, our guest analyst. Click um, yeah. Clicks. Thank she you. usually takes most of our notes. We just don't yeah, usually give her credit. Yeah, I yeah. never give her credit. Yeah, it's fine. Um, but let's talk about the tying goal because, yeah, the Red Wings are up from the Bertuzzi goal with like, what, it was like four, four or five minutes left. And uh why why Danda Kaiser's out late? I don't know. Also, three guys are in the slot and can't clear it. Well, what happened there was Bert and Larks were on an extended shift and were gassed. And they got caught in their own zone and they were both reaching at the puck. And, and it was because Bertuzzi went for the empty net or missed. But I don't again, it's a 50-50 puck from right there. I don't blame him for shooting it. Oh, that was a while. That was quite a while before, but yes, they got oh. stuck in their own zone for that. Yeah. Um. But I'm totally okay with 
that it's not the same as it used to be where people don't try for empty netters like that. NHL players 80% of the time hit that. Right. And uh, he, he missed and they get caught in their own zone and Bert and Larkin both are reaching for the puck gassed and uh, Robertson turns around and shoots. And that one that had no chance on. Yeah. It's too much traffic in front. I'm not blaming him for that one. Um, but yet again, you like, to, you like to see your guys just get it out at that point. Like you have that many yeah. guys on one guy shooting, like you kind of have to get it out and just late period collapse again. Kind of. Yeah. It's kind of a theme for the Red Wings this year. I mean, they're young still, right? Happens. And we hit OT and uh, um, Fabry gets a tripping call, which pissed a lot of people off. And it was a trip. Well, that's not the issue. Well, I know. I know. They missed a huge. They they missed a trip on Heronic in the power play before that. The last Red Wings power play. No, that's not the issue either. It was Fabry chasing the puck, getting interfered with the whole way he was chasing the puck. And then he pissed off swing, swings and trips the guy. And then he gets called. That was that was horrible. I was actually livid. I, I've yeah. never been so mad while watching a game because he was getting interfered with from probably the top of the circles to the goal line chasing a puck. And nothing got called on that. And then he, out of anger, so I tripped the guy. Yeah. yeah, which you shouldn't do. But still, I understand. Yep. And again, like whatever he went for the puck and like missed and oh well, um, and hence wins it. And of course, Dan DeKaiser's killing a four on three power play. Yeah, why would why wouldn't he be? And that's about it, basically. Like, why isn't like I understand that Mark Stahl is not fast. Neither is Dan DeKaiser though. And, Dan, and Mark Stahl kills way penalties way better than Dan DeKaiser. Yeah, his his awareness on the penalty kill is actually or go two go two forwards one one defenseman go Sider and two other forwards. Yeah. Or literally pick any of your other 4D. I don't – any of your other 4D are going to be better in that situation. Yep. I agree completely. Throw and, a Pickard. I don't care. Um, but on this one, yeah, so DeKaiser is not committing to either the back door or the slot guy. And he's kind of sitting in the middle and just goes to hints and he doesn't get there, which is his guy. So you got to commit to one of those. And you probably commit to the back door one because that's, that's a quicker reaction that Ned needs to have versus a slot where – he has more time to adjust to that. Granted, it's only like a split second, but it's still another split second he has. Well, it's also less ground to cover, right? So Right, exactly. He's, he's, he's right there instead of sliding back door. Right. It's just a, it's a lower lower percentage or higher percentage of a save there. Oh my god. I, I just I just noticed that uh Emma had another funny kind of goes into our conversation. Uh she says Ernie's in the box or cross checking, useless action. Better off in the box. I love that. It's good. I kind of I, I agree with that. Really. We should get her She's on. Really, we should get yeah. her on. She said she'll come on. She give her expert analysis. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like again, that's 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 a easy game, and you need two points. And the red like the red again, not great performance from Ned, for sure. Kind of reminded me of the Tampa game where he couldn't just like the first the first game against Tampa, like, he just couldn't get his feet under him. You know what I mean? Seemed like he was always reeling. That game was a little bit different though, because that was literally a shootout. Oh, yeah. it was an absolute. It was yeah. The, this one, a lot of them were really bad. I, I think I, I think a lot two of them. Two of them for sure were really bad. Other than like the other two, the two in regulation, I the other like Kibirantos was through traffic and same with Robertson's. 
and the overtime was overtime. So I mean, two of them are definitely his fault, yeah. though. No excuse on those. But the other, the other two, I'm like, eh, or other three, I should say. Um, but yeah, like again, Guelph line, I thought was the best line this game. They were great. Tyler Bertuzzi was amazing, and then Larkin's goal, a big thing for that game. Um, but then we get a back to back. It's Nashville and. I don't really have many nice things to say about this game. I thought Ned bounced back in a back-to-back game where I was not expecting him to play, to be completely honest. I thought he played fine. I want to pick her to start. I kind of wanted him to just to get a break. Um, But the the Red Wings just did not have it this game. It was bad. They looked tired and they – on the road, it's such an interesting – like, how do you play that on a back-to-back? Um, the Red Wings decided to play low-event hockey, which, fine, but you can't, like, it's just not – it doesn't work the whole game. You know, Like, I feel like you have to, like, go all out. You have to use whatever adrenaline you have from the last game and play a really strong first period and score, and then you lock it down. Right. On the not, road. Not just play I, lockdown right away. Yeah, because in that sense, you're shutting down any momentum you have offensively. All Nashville right. did most of the game was they basically neutral zone trapped the entire time. The Red Wings could not get anything into the into the Nashville zone. Yeah, so I didn't watch this game, but I was checking in on my phone, and I was right. like, "Oh, I was like, okay." So like not watching it, I was like, "Oh, this this must be like a tight game because like it's zero zero. It was I think it was zero zero up until like halfway through the second period. I'm not yep. entirely sure. Yep. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, this must be." And the shots were pretty close. I think it was like 13-11 at one point or something like that in that ballpark deceiving deceiving like, because there was yes. like nothing going on see, see so like i was expecting i was like oh like this is the wings must be playing like especially with the back-to-back in my mind like the wings must be playing them tight or whatever and then um i saw i'm not sure who on twitter is like this must be like one of the most boring games to attend in nashville like you know and then nashville ended up picking it up in the third also what also with playing a low event hockey game, like on the road, when you want, like, like how I said it, when you want to have a lot of pressure early on, so you can draw penalties and stuff, you have to have a good power play. Mm-hmm. This is the Red Wings don't have a good power play. Good power play. <laughs> they went over five this game. I'm pretty sure I, if I'm getting that correct, it's they're over four or over five of the power play this game. Again, another game lost. You look at the Winnipeg game where if you have an average power play, you tie that game and then go to overtime. So you get a point. Yeah, they this were game, five. yeah, have an average power play. You're scoring one or two goals there. Different game. It would have been mm-hmm. a tied game in the second period, right? It's that just, goes back. That goes back to like it was a couple of, a couple of weeks ago. Same idea. Like we had six power plays against. I can't remember who, and we went Winnipeg. For, was it Winnipeg. one for six or zero for six? zero? Zero for six against Winnipeg. Right. So there's two. Like your average is like. Two and a half goals or so, two goals. Two goals, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Like one and a half to two goals. Right. So then one of them, one game, of them being a six on three. Right. And then also it was what a three, two nothing or three nothing game? It was four nothing, but it was an empty netter. Four, so three. Okay. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So, but at the point where we have all the like, was, you score two of those. Oh, it was three nothing. It was three nothing. Granted. It was three nothing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Empty so, netter. So, so it would have been tied. It would have been two two and you would not have had the empty netter. Right, which we had, which you had mentioned uh, a couple episodes ago, anyways. Yep. And that so when did we sco- when did uh, the Wings have the two shorthanded goals? In San, the Jose. San, San Jose, San Jose, 
so like three weeks ago. Yeah, and again, we went 0 for 5, I'm pretty sure, in that game in the power play. We scored two goals shorthanded. So we're almost at the same percentage-wise scoring shorthanded as we are on the power play right now. Our penalty kill is pretty good right? at this point this year. When we're killing penalties, we're almost scoring just as many goals as we are when we're on the power play. If not, percentage-wise might be more, I don't know exactly what the stats are, but it's pretty close and scary. And don't worry, um, at practice today, there was no changes in the power play except Ernie's back in back in the slot on power play too. Oh, I'd love to see that. Love and Rasmus and Rasmussen's on the net front, baby. Perfect. So yeah, you I'm better glad expect Joe some... Volano's not getting any looks or anything like that. Okay, what was the point of him playing net front in the preseason on the power play if he's not going to try it in oh. the games? That drives me Perfect. nuts. Okay, uh, I yeah, that. a guy with hands on the power play. No, 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 that's, that's a ridiculous thought. Um, yeah, this game, like, so the Red Wings don't score on the power play, and then immediately, so Nashville gets their first power play of the game. And I'm like, they're scoring for sure here. And of course, Nick Cousins, of all people, scores turnaround shot because the penalty kill did pretty good. I know, Sue, Sue alum. Oh, yeah, of course, Cousins, Cousins subs. Yeah. Um, but like, and then all momentum just crashed for Detroit after that. You had uh, Forsberg and Duchesne playing keep away, basically, against the Red Wings defense, and that was such a sick goal. Uh, Forsberg is so good. Matt Duchesne. Duchesne is also so good. Yeah, Duchesne's having, like, he's almost a point per game this year after being awful last year. Yeah, a sneaky 19-goal season for him this year, too. I know, like, right? Like, like, like just forget for, about like, him, and then he takes off. Yeah, exactly. And Ryan yeah. Johansson's also having a pretty solid year, too, after him also slumping. Um, for the last two or three years, not just what last year. Right, right. Like he's but, been he's been underwhelming to say the least. But yeah, you have those two guys playing well, and then you have also you have a Vesna yeah. candidate and UC Saros in the net, and you have a good team. Like also Roman Yossi, who's a perennial Norris c- contender. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't know Philip Tomasino's not having the best rookie year, but damn, do I love watching him. He's, he's good, man. He's, he's good. He reminds me of Forsberg the way he moves. Yeah, when he was quick. in the when he was when he was in the O, we went and watched him in Peterborough, and uh, like they're playing against Peterborough. And my my roommate was like, "This Tomasino kid's awesome." Like I didn't really hear like much about him. He was already drafted at that point, or yes, he was already drafted at that point. So I like knew who he was, but I was like, ah, you know. And then watching him play, he was he was a game breaker there. Like, yeah, he was only solid. He's same draft as Cider. He was a late first in that in that draft. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, he's very good, and he was an underrated. Like, I, I thought maybe he could be up for the Calder this year, too, because I thought he'd get a little more ice, but... He's got four points in the last five games. Oh, so he's heating up a little bit. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah, he nice. Um, but yeah, it's, so the Red Wings have, you know, they score one goal. Uh, of course, you know, I make fun of Adam Ernie. He probably reads the tweets and then decides he's going to score. Uh, right out of the box, Mark Stahl makes a really nice play in the penalty kill, break up a pass. Gets it to Bertuzzi without without icing it because he thinks about it, which is a really underrated play that a lot of defenders like hit like his style would not do. So right. I was really impressed by that. And Bertuzzi second second time in a couple weeks he hits a streaking guy out of the box and they score. Was Adam Ernie, Adam Ernie, big breakaway guy. Like you know he's a shootout guy and he buried. I was happy for him though. Like I can I like Adam Ernie. I can rip on I can rip on his play all he wants, but the person I like. So like I I. Right. Any Red Wing I make fun of, like, I always root for the Red Wings. Like, I'm not going to, like, not cheer for the player, right? You're just going to be honest about your opinion. Exactly. So I was pumped with it. 
I'm pumped oh, about Adam Ernie scoring, you know? Yeah. And especially like with how under underwhelming, I guess, to say, um, to say the least about Adam Ernie's game this year compared to how he was last year. Like last year, we're like, oh, okay, we found something here. And then this year it's back to square one. Like it's disappointing. I wish I would have never got my hopes up toward sort of deal. Cause right. it was, it was a meme at first. And then he kind of, it sank in where maybe he's here to stay and be a third liner. Right, right. I hope his kill can hope, like work out. I mean, it's only halfway through the season. He's got, I mean, 10 points in 40 game, 41 games, not great. Oh. Bad, bad, actually. But, um, you know, maybe he can turn around. I don't know. I, I hope maybe it's, again, one goal out of the way. Maybe he can knock a couple in every other game, you know. He had yeah. 10 more points at this point of the season last year and was a uh, – he's at a minus 15 differential right now than he was last year. Jeez. He's yeah. a minus one last year. He's a minus 16 right now. Yeah, only a minus one. He was only a last minus year, one last year. Yeah, wow. he was good. He was playing fourth that, line. Mostly. That, that fourth line, I know it got talked about way too much, but with Glennie and Helm, they played they pretty played well. Good. Yeah. They just played too much. They, they, weren't, they, they weren't supposed to be playing 17 minutes a night, but <laughs> they played fine. They did their job. They did. Right. Looking back on it now, like we we get pissed when they didn't play like younger guys, but looking back, they did, they played well. They're the reason um, we had a lot of one zero boring games. Yeah, yeah, compete. And we get another early power play that actually like had some chances. Like Raymond was ripping a one timer, which actually looked promising, and then Rasmussen immediately takes a holding penalty. I I almost threw my remote through the TV. He, he's the devil. And he was like playing fine on the power play. I was like, okay, Rass, I see you making a couple plays. And all of a sudden, in puck battle in the corner, he gets outskated, shocker. And yeah, takes a holding penalty. Well, it was because Burt was already in the box for that fighting major. Oh my. Oh, yeah. I forgot to even talk about it. Oh my God. So we can touch on that in a second later. But I I saw Rask on the power play. I'm like, I'm like, why is he on the power play? And I, and I'm freaking out, right? 30 seconds later, he just takes a holding penalty and I I swear I almost flipped something. Yeah. Um, but man, watching the Red Wings post the video about Elmer Soderbloom today, and I'm like, I cannot wait till he's our net front guy. Uh do you mean the guy that's playing his offhand, taking one timers? I don't know. Dude, I just, I just wait think for a six foot eight man in the NHL taking one timers. Nah, I'm just, I'm, he's not playing I'm, net front. I'm just saying, dude, when he played World Juniors, no, he was the net he's, front guy. He'll, he'll probably be net front, and it's going to be really fun. But just watching him and Frolanda taking one-timers and just sniping. It's the <laughs> difference between, like, having just a big dude that, like, is just big. He's big for no reason and then front of the net. But, like, Elmer Soderblom, it actually has skill and actually can play dude, in the corners. Hands. His hands, he has are hands very good. Very, very much, very different situation than Michael Rasmussen on a power play. He very can turn different. turn on a dime too, and it's so mm-hmm. oh for six. Did you watch? Eight. Did you watch that video? I him? did not. Yeah, I was at work. Oh, it was really good. And then I did you know, I he said he weighs two hundred and fifty pounds at this point. <laughs> That's it. Jesus, what a unit! Two fifty. Oh my uh, god! I was he'd like, he'd be the heaviest. He'd be one of the heaviest guys in the league. Yes, because what. Uh, Revo is he's like, like, like 230-240 he's 20 he's like two, 230 or 239 and I think uh, Chara is obviously up there 
Toronto's up there, but um, Pat Maroon's two forty one. Oh my god, I love him. I love Maroon. Yeah, like like there there was I saw this was on TSN like it was like a quiz or something like that. Just like what would you who would you think like, you know um, would be higher like he- heavier weight or like more goals like different things like that. And uh, yeah, Pat Maroon's two forty one, and he's still up there flying like that. Yeah, at a Ob- yeah eclipse terrible. pace. <laughs> um, yeah, two fifty. Holy shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's talk about the Produzzi fight. Uh absolutely destroyed Benning. Wasn't yeah. even close. Oh, it was Matt. It was, he was so yeah. He was so nonchalant about it too. It was almost like he didn't want to be in the fight. And like the refs, he thought the refs were gonna break it up at one point. And they didn't, and he just kept swinging. It was really weird. Like he, they went for quite a while, and like Bertuzzi was feeding him. It was not close. The scariest part though was me thinking Bert's gonna break his hand, and then we're out. Oh Bertuzzi. yeah, I want not. I want nothing. I want nothing to do with Bertuzzi fighting. I want never again. This gives me uh, Anthony unless Anthony he's Nash. unless this he's is... fighting Brad Marchand because that would oh, be yeah. fun, and he content. hates Brad Marchand. Yeah. We good for the content, um, but like him fighting kind of gives me Anthony Mantha flashbacks when Anthony Mantha had two broken hands off fights. Yeah, except yeah. I think Bertuzzi would kick the shit out of Mantha. Ooh, that'd be good. That's the thing is, that's the thing is, at least at least Bertuzzi was like has fought in the past, especially like in juniors and stuff like that. Like he can hold his own. That he, uppercut he threw on Benning. Oh my god! I, well, I, he switched hands. He, he yeah, switched when he hands. Threw the left. The left. He started swinging oh. left halfway through it. Like he got his hand his tied arm, up. And he s- his right arm got tired. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Um, it's crazy. But yeah, I'll finish off this game because I'm. This is yeah, I'm sick of it. Um, Lindstrom got Lindstrom got hurt in this game again. He always gets oh, hurt right. at the end of the games. I hate it because he's actually like one of our better defensemen. He was up like we can talk about him in the midseason ranking or grades, but um, so we're missing. We're playing five D. Um. Cider gets caught. Him and DeKaiser get caught for like a two and a half minute shift. DeKaiser gets worked in the corner. Then the puck goes up front and Phil Forsberg absolutely works Cider and scores. It was a tough one for Cider. Cider was exhausted. Never should have happened. Puck should have gotten out. Um, not great. Um, yeah, Cider played 26 and a half minutes this game. Jeez. Menace. I didn't realize that. Yeah, he played 26 and a half minutes. Um, Duchesne finished off the empty net, so he had two goals and an assist. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, great game, great game for him. Um, but yeah, again, playing the quote unquote road game didn't work again because you know we've won all of like four games, I think, on the road. It's just it's bad that Cider's playing 26 and a half minutes on a back to back like that, and that's what's scary about playing Ned back to back. The yeah. guys need rest. Well, luckily, we have a big rest before we hit the, the TNT game on Wednesday, yeah. Which I'm pumped yeah. for. I'm excited. I'm excited for that big time against but Chicago. I felt like Cider looked tired in the third period. Oh, he looked exhausted, especially. In the, that's what I'm talking about that Philip Forsberg play. Like he got worked, which never happens. Yeah, he was dead. And it's not. He, it's not great that it's Philip Forsberg coming down around him either. Like uh, yeah, a on a gas defenseman that's played 20 minutes already in the third. Yeah, period just started. Crazy. I think he was traded for Martin Erat too. Like, yeah, he was. That's Good trade. Brutal. Uh, that's yeah, a good right. trade. I'd take that. The Phil Forsberg's, Phil, Phil Forsberg is an underrated superstar in the league. That does not oh, get yeah. talked about enough. Yeah, he's a UFA this year. The Raiders are going to sign him. It's not a big deal. Great hair. Great hair. Great mustache. Just just yeah. wait until we get all the Swedes going and Phil Forsberg's next. UFA, baby. Let's do it. Let's Nine. do it. 
nine schmell a year. I do it. I do it. <laughs> you think I'm joking? I would. He's a consistent thirty goal guy. Consistent. Oh, yeah, you can you can set you can set your clock to it. Um. Raven, yeah. Raven but, Larkin, Forsberg. Maybe a Piranha, sick one. Fertuzzi. <laughs> Some other second liner, I don't know, forward center, and then you have P. Suter at third. Okay, Logan we're getting Cooley. off traffic. All right, so so we had the midseason mid season point, and I wrote an article with Inside the Rink uh, discussing. I graded the players, and I kind of just want to go through everything. We I didn't do the coaching staff. I think we could do that with special teams as well because I think that's an important conversation. But uh, F. I gave out, I gave out a few A's. I was pretty I, like I think I think how many did I get? I gave out four. Or five. I guess. Can I guess them? Yeah, do it. Yeah. I think it's pretty easy. Yeah. Mo. Yep. Raymond. Yep. Uh, Bert. Yep. Larks. Yep. I gave it another A as well. It was an A minus, but. Ned. Yep. (laughs) Shocker. Shocker. Really easy. And it's so obvious that those five players carry us like game to game. Like that's, it's an easy, that's an easy grade to give out. Um, it's it's so obvious when one of those guys don't have don't have their game, we don't win. Yeah. Or Bertuzzi's out of the lineup, we don't win. Larkin's out of the lineup, most of the time we don't win. I mean, a couple yeah. times we've gotten lucky. And Bertuzzi's had a, a four-point game against Buffalo, yeah. I'm talking about. Um, or Ned absolutely carries us in a 2-1 win over Boston with 45 saves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Stellar. Grant, are you on mute right now? Back now, baby. Okay, cool. All right. I thought I I saw you talk and I was like, I didn't hear anything. But um, yeah, there's a couple guys like I think we can highlight. I was going to talk about Fabry earlier with his great. I kind of like, I was thinking about putting an asterisk next to it simply the fact like he's had these ups and downs this season. And when he's played with Bertuzzi recently, I'm like, oh, that great's going to go up, baby. He's, I gave him a B minus. I think that's pretty fair. Like I said, I've I've wanted more out of him, but I've liked what I've seen out of him. If you guys want to touch on Fabry's game this season, yeah, um, go go ahead, Grant. No, I, I agree with a B minus C plus range. I think there have been very good times for him this year, and then other times he's very unengaged. When that Zadina Suter line was going with him, and we didn't see production at all either. And uh, I understand that production will come. He's a guy that's usually working his tail off. And we've seen that now the last four games with Bertuzzi and Suter. It's a new spark for him. But even before that, there were times where you're like, okay, he's going to start finding the net. And it just really hasn't clicked for him. But he's been pretty good spark all around. And he, I like him on the power play. So He's definitely a good bumper guy there. Yep. Yeah. So, so for me, um, there's so basically going to split up into halfway. So basically at the quarter mark of the season, essentially mm. the first quarter, I agree with like a C plus. And then um, he signed his deal and minus a couple of bad games that he had specifically, but also the team hasn't been great. I think uh, since he signed his deal, his play has increased a lot. Like, like his just, I don't know, his play away from the game. Like, I don't know if it's like a comfort thing, you know, where he's not worried about it. It's not in the back of his mind. But 
seemed a little bit more free, especially the like the day like the next game. Remember that his first game after he signed his deal, he was all over the place. He scored. I'm pretty sure he scored that game. Yeah, he could have had three or three for sure. I believe mm-hmm. he hit a post, got robbed, I believe, and then yeah, he was making things work. But since he's after he signed that deal, it almost the quarter mark of the season. I mean, yeah, of course, there's a few games here and there, but everyone has a few games here and there where you d- it just wasn't your night. I think he, uh, since then, anyways, he's his games increased a lot better, like a lot more efficient. And, like, he's been asked to do a little bit more, too. Um, with Larkin out, missing a couple games, he played first line center, which that's out of his comfort zone, but he did well, serviceable, and things like that. So, so for this from the quarter point to now i believe it's like a b plus b b plus i I agree with that that's fair i kind of like that i like how you broke that down like that i agree that's just kind of how i see it like i don't know about how his stats were before and after or whatever but obviously they've been going up with bertuzzi on his line now but that's kind of just how i see it and i meant to make that point last week too when we're talking about uh when you had mentioned your article yep when you're writing it Excuse me, but yeah, um, that's just kind of how I see his play and where he's at right now and where he was at the beginning of the year and stuff for us. Yeah, another guy, like underrated guy I have, after, like Q Suter, I gave a B. Like he's been like a huge reason why the second line's even been any, anything anything serviceable has kind of been Q Suter, right, this season? Yeah. Uh, he's been – he hasn't been great. Like he's not a power play guy. Like we've kind of figured that out. Like he got taken off the power play again today, which is fine. He's a penalty kill guy. He's very like I was surprised how responsible he is defensively. You know what I mean? Nice to see. Yeah. Okay, you really? say that's fine for him to be taking off the power play and right. It is fine given circumstances where you have guys that are better than him, but it's not fine in this circumstance where Ernie and Rasmussen are on the power play over him. Yeah, I agree. Key set up. Key set up. Secondly, the microphone can pick you up better. Sorry. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, Pew Suter, like, I, I agree in the sense that he's better than those two players, but, I mean, he hasn't really produced in the power play, but, again, the whole second unit hasn't. So, um, but to get, like, five on five, like, he's been, especially, like, the first, like, whatever, he, was, he had, what, 12 games where he only had one point, his first 12 games, something like that. And then after that, he's been he's been great. Like, even though, like, he was playing fine, it's just the pucks weren't going in or anything, and then he really started finding the net. Yeah. And it was, it was really nice to see. Um but again, we've had like you look back at the past couple of years. You had Franz Nielsen who was a second line center. You had Valtteri Filippola for two years. Michael Rasmussen was taking second line duties last last year, and now you finally have a guy like ideally he's a third line center for sure, but he's able to do it and not look out of place. Right. Yeah. Um. So I think a, like I think a B was pretty suiting for suiting for Suter. I love how I did that. It's funny. Um. I don't know about you guys, how you feel about that. I know. I, like I said, that's fine. Yeah. Um, another guy like I, like Vlad. Vlad's been, I gave him a B plus. I love Vlad this season. I agree say, with that. Yeah. Like not quite an A, like I mean, it's hard to give an A comparing him to the other guys, but in his role that he's played, he's played on every line this season. Um, He's on, he's on pace for like one of his best years of his career. Right. If you look at that perspective, I could I could also agree with like an A minus B plus. Like, well, yeah. Ball. See, that's where you get into fishy territory. I feel right. like grading players like this 
is really complicated because how do you not give him an A? Right, yeah. In, I in, like the ro- in the role he's played, though, like he's been an A. All right, that's fair. I was kind of like, that's what I did. I kind of weighed the role versus like how they've done also like as a player, like how you compare to like the rest of the league. Um, so I guess like you can make the argument for like an A minus. I think B plus is fine though. Like I, I stand by that. Yeah, for sure. B plus A minus is right. See it because if you're going off best players, which is almost how it goes when you're doing that, it gets confusing, right? Because I, mm-hmm. I don't think he's not an A. He's been reliably, very reliable, and has played his role almost perfect. Right. Okay, maybe I should have. Maybe I should have done that. I don't know. I, I agree. Um, I think it's gonna take too long to go. Like, should we go through all of these or like just kind of like pickpocket? Yeah. Okay. I'll do. We will do a couple of the really bad ones. All right. Break down some. We did the Vilbs Zadina talk already. Yeah. Which I gave him a D minus, which I think is fair. Um, yeah. Michael Rasmussen also D minus, and I think we've beaten that horse basically dead at this point. Yeah. Um, Adam Ernie, which we're kind of that's kind of the new guy we're on. He got an F from me. I really he hasn't brought in anything. Like I think at times Rasmussen and Zadina have brought in things to the lineup, but consistently besides the first eight games of the season, I have I can't say I've noticed Adam Ernie in anything positive in any positive way. His possession numbers are garbage. He is his goals for percentage is like his goals for percentage is one of the is the worst on the team. I'm pretty sure. Which it, that's a big it's a, I know analytics, but like it's a huge indication of how he's playing. Because goals for percentage weighs how many chances he's expected, like how many chances he's generating for how many chances when he's on the ice for how many chances he's giving up when he's on the ice. Thirty five percent is garbage. That's really bad. Right. And exactly, especially it's not like he's like outperforming people defensively because he's not. So like, yeah, that's that's where it gets scary is if if he's not scoring whatever, but his defensive game is not there either. So that's nope. where it's scary. I agree completely. The defense kind of I, I kind of get like Nick Letty is a guy like I think we should talk about simply the fact like he's probably gonna be the biggest guy we move to the deadline. It yeah. may be the only one of the only guys we move to the deadline at this point. Um, in my opinion, with Vlad, because I don't think you give like if we gotta go back to Vlad real quick. I think I, I'd resign him at this point. I don't know yeah. how you guys feel about that. Like, I think we uh, talked I about would. this. We talked about this. I said two point five to three million a year for two to three years. Yeah. If you can get him in that range, I'm more than willing to do it. Because he's gonna be playing. I do. I do two point five. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Go. Uh, I do two point five for three or three for two. That's where I'd see it. Yeah, 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 really fine. Especially if, if we go like he could pay him a little bit more for the next couple of years because you still have the entry level contracts of guys like Raymond and Cider. Yeah, and um, Larkin's contract's gonna be off the books, he's gonna be a, up in a couple of years. Same with Bertuzzi, one year after this year, so yeah, maybe yeah. you gotta worry about that a little bit. Um, but again, you have Bergren coming up who's gonna be a cheap replacement, right? Yeah. Soderbloom, Edvinson. All guys on entry level deals. Excuse me. Um, we're also getting rid of Grice's contract this summer, which is three point six, yeah. and I don't see him coming back at this point. Um, but yeah, Nick Letty's been kind of disappointing this year. I've he was I was kind of expecting him to be more of a point producing defenseman and like be fine defensively. He's been kind of neither this year. 
he's been average. Like he's been okay. Like he was really good in the beginning of the year with Moritz Sider. Mm-hmm. Legitimately one of the best pairings in the, in the league, like statistically and analytically. And as soon as he gets moved off of that, which weird, it's almost like Moritz Sider is an elite defenseman. Um, his numbers crater. I thought he's looked yeah. a little bit better with Gus Lindstrom, considering Gus Lindstrom's a little more steady than Heronic. I don't know. I don't know if you guys feel the same way about that. I don't know. I've liked Letty's game recently. I said recently because he's been with Lindstrom. Like I've I've liked that before that. Really? Yeah, he just brings stability and puck movement, which we've never had as puck movement. I don't know. I just expected more. I've expected more of what we're gonna what we paid for him. I don't I haven't. We bought a puck mover. And if you've watched him recently, the last couple of years, he's not he's I don't know, a stud. He's a fourth. He was a fourth defenseman on the Islanders, on a con- conference final team. Uh, still, I, I'm just saying. I'd that, I'd argue in the Red Wings right now, he's been our fourth best defenseman. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Like I expected him to be more of the two three guy. He's the, the Red Wings guy. Mm, I I really like Gus Lindstrom. I think Gus Lindstrom's been better. We've personally. had this talk before, though. He's Gus Lindstrom's a fifth and sixth defenseman. I agree. I just think Nick Letty's playing like a fifth or sixth defenseman. I disagree. Okay, that's fine. Um, I just think we could have gotten like paying a second round pick for him is a little expensive. Like, and we're looking at strictly a puck moving defenseman. Like, we could have paid cheaper for it with a John Merrill resigning. John Merrill's him. not a puck moving defenseman. Yes, he is. What do you mean? That was like one of his biggest things is puck moving. He okay, can't do he, anything. He, he can't do he, anything he, else. He's in an offensive zone. No, uh, offensive zone. No, but. That's what a puck, puck out of No, he's a decent. Bre- he's a decent breakout guy, but anything that's in the neutral, puck, anything in the neutral zone, anything in the neutral zone, he was a traffic jam last year. I but love. He's not I love defenseman. That's puck moving in the neutral zone and breaking out is puck moving. I love right. John Merrill, but he's a defensive defenseman. Yeah, I agree. He's not a puck moving defenseman. That's Nick Letty. I guess we have different definitions of what a puck moving defenseman. Puck moving defenseman is a guy that can move the puck throughout the D zone and the neutral zone and even the offensive zone. Okay. I don't know. I I, I felt like John Merrill could do that. He gets lost after the D zone. Okay. That's I fine. love John Merrill. Don't get me wrong. I I'm not appreciating this John Merrill slander. It's not slander. <laughs> I I, lo- I love him and I think he's a a very serviceable fifth defenseman. I agree. I agree with that. Makes me. I also. I don't know if we talked. Did we talk about the John Merrill contract? Good for him. Good. Good for him getting a three-year contract. Yeah. By the way. Very. I was pumped about that. Yeah. Get him in clicks, boys. Clicks. Get clicks. Yeah. Uh, another guy. Like I just want to talk about. Like. Like uh, the last guy I want to talk to. Thomas Grice. D plus. Yeah, he's been. Rough. He's he's not Nuts. been. He had a couple really good games at the beginning of the year. I, I looked to that Vancouver game. The one of the, it was like the third game of the season. I think it was second. Second game. Yeah, like it was early on, him and Ned were like going when they were going back and forth. It was almost like Bryce is outplaying Ned, and then things he fell off a cliff real fast. Yeah. It was kind of similar. I looked at his numbers compared to what his number like the beginning of last season versus this season. A little bit different considering the team was worse, and also he was playing like every other game for Grice versus now he's playing once every five or six games at this point. Um, he also yeah. hasn't a start. He's had like one start the past like fifteen or sixteen games. I'm pretty sure. Like he's barely played at this point. I mean, also he's been COVID protocol for a while, and he's still in COVID protocol 
for the rest of the week. So I think we're going to see a lot more. I think we're going to see Ned at least two of the three games. I don't think Pickard's going to play. He has um, to play in one. Just for Ned's sake, he has to play in one. I don't know if he I is, man. We're, we're playing Toronto and Pittsburgh back to back. I don't know if you want Pickard against either of those teams. I don't, I don't I'm not, I'm not, I'm not agreeing it's the right decision. I'm just saying, it, I don't know if you can put Pickard in. Yeah. Well, the way, I understand yeah. Pickard's been, Pickard's been good in GR. Don't get me wrong. Like he's got like a nine yeah. four or something like that. Like very solid numbers in the AHL, but like every time he's played in the AHL since, like since he's been with the Red Wings, he's been like an eight, 880. I think he is like not great. Yeah. The, the way I look at it though, is you're not expecting to win either of those games let's be fair you're not i'm hoping for one man i i one, I'd love to be, I, I, I don't want to lose one, i don't want to lose back-to-back games to pittsburgh and toronto that's gonna kill me so, so out of the two games honestly i see us winning out of those two teams our best chance would actually be against i, I, I think toronto yeah because pittsburgh yeah, is just on fire i agree so I, I i who do we have first i can't remember who do we have? pittsburgh pittsburgh's first so play Ned there and then play Pickard against Toronto. Like that's how I would do it. Cause I, I'm you double down know. on the game. You're going to, you think like you like, Oh, never mind. You're going the other yeah, way. I'd go opposite. I'd I would Pickard go I'd, Friday and, yeah, oh, and sorry, Saturday. Yeah. yeah. Did I say that? Okay. Sorry. Yeah. yeah I'd say yeah, you double down on the game. You think you're going to win and put yeah. your best guy there. Yeah. I agree with sorry, that. that. My bad. Um, I, I, I got mixed and up. And that there. gives Ned an extra day of rest as well. Yep. Yeah. That's what, that's how I would do it. Because you're not, yeah. you're not gonna, we're not gonna be Pittsburgh. No, I don't think so. I, I'm I sorry. So. Unless, but yeah, Gr- Pickard plays the way he did against Columbus last year. Those two games. But yeah, to kind of get back on Grice, um, his first half of last season, he in first 22 games, he averaged over three goals against, and it was an eight eight nine. And then the last 12 starts of that last season, he was like the hottest goal in the league with 1.39 and 9.53 save percentage. Like crazy numbers there. And then yeah. this season he's eight nine four with over averaging three point three goals against. I'm pretty sure. Like, yeah, he's definitely it's he's been lacking for sure. And it's, so it's unfortunate. Yeah. To, I really to start like, off this, to look back at like, last year to start off the season, not a shocker. His stats in the first so many starts were that bad, I guess to say, because you come from one of the best, the probably the best defensive team, sound team, in the NHL to a team that's. That was our main, still is our main strong point, our weak point. Sorry, is defense. And this year, it's kind of, kind of like weird because he's always been a tandem goalie, mm-hmm. and he had he's always had capable, very strong partners, like goaltending partners. Like they won whatever award it is for the best two goalies duo, whatever. Right? They won that a couple times in, on the Long Island. And this year, he just hasn't brought his game for no. minus a few games, to be honest. It's underwhelming. It's, word, I agree. it's my word of the pod today. Underwhelming. Underwhelming. Yeah, a lot of guys, it's kind of the theme. There's been guys over, overperforming, and then the guys just, that have been underwhelming for the Red Wings. It's kind of where yeah. we're at for a team that's slowly coming out of the rebuild. Or not slowly, yeah. actually, faster than we expected. Overall, the team, like the team grade, I'm thinking like C plus, B minus, like, and I actually, I'd probably even go higher because this is. If you would have told us like beginning of the year that we'd be 500 and where we would be sitting in the standings, I think we'd be pretty happy. I'd even go maybe solid, solid B, B plus. Am I crazy on that? 
No. No, looking at that perspective, definitely not. It's like just... again, they've there's won a lot of surprises um, with like players stepping up and playing better. Like we didn't think Raymond would be this good. Right. Uh, Dylan Larkin and Tyler Bertuzzi both having career seasons. Nedeljkovic staying staying basically like a little. Obviously, his, his numbers are a little bit worse because he's playing on a way weaker defense in front of him. But overall, playing about the same yep. caliber. And you have you sprinkle that all in. You've been able to like have a pretty successful season for for expectations. Um, but the guy like I really want to dive into is Jeff Blaschel, a guy who has been our head coach for seven years now. Yeah. Um, kind of the first year since the last time the Red Wings made the playoffs, maybe the twenty, or maybe the sixteen seventeen season, we had a decent, somewhat of a decent team still because we were still kind of competing, I guess, but. Uh, how do we feel with Jeff Blaschel? Like, what would we be grading him at this point? I have my opinion, but I want to hear your guys's. I see he hasn't done anything to push the pace, and he hasn't really done anything to alter the pace. It has been fine. Yeah, yeah, I, that's where I have him. Like, um, there was a stint there where he wasn't going back into the defensive shell of games where we were actually exciting to watch. And then we've fallen right back into that. So that was, that's disappointing to see. Uh, because like we've, we've talked about it when he, we were, he was, or we were part of the wings, not we, but we were talking about it there where they were playing, they were going gun ho for everything. Like they're trying to win games and they weren't trying to sit on leads or, you know, they weren't sitting back being comfortable. They were going for it. And within the last month and a half, maybe even two months, how many third period leads have we blown? Because we were trying to sit on it. I agree completely. It's been, so, I, I don't know off the top of my head how many. It's been a lot, it feels like. Too many. Way too many. Um, but yeah, I'm around that like C for Jeff. I give him some kudos simply for how much Cider and Raymond have played. But I yep. also knock him down a couple pegs with the regression of a Zadina and Rasmussen's game and Adam Ernie. Um, again, how much can that be held to him? I don't know. I think it can be a little bit. Um, also, big major part of like special teams, man. I know he doesn't control the special teams completely. He oversees them. He knows exactly what's going on. But he's not the direct director of it completely, like Tangay's power play and who does penalty kill. Mm-hmm. But he's he still is saying that, and he gets ultimately he gets cho- like he chooses what his last say and what system is being used. And the power play, we're still comically bad. We're I think the thirty first power play still. And yeah. with the with the talent we have for one unit at least, we should be a little bit better. I'm not saying league average. I'm saying a little bit better. Like I think we said at the beginning of the season, I think we were shooting for what like the twentieth or twenty second ranked power play. Yeah, in our preseason, our preseason like like uh, preview. Yeah, we said that. I think I, I had them right around 25th, I believe. Yeah. I was I was a little bit lower. <clears throat> Not expecting, like, Raymond to end and Mo and stuff like that. And, I mean, all of us were way off because we're at 31 or 30. Yeah, and, like, guys that, like, I know Cider has 10 points on the power play, mm-hmm. but also for this many games in, like, that's not that impressive. For a rookie, that's impressive for sure, but, like, Right. For like a normal, like for that to be your top power play guy, not great. Bertuzzi, I think Bertuzzi might have tied him now after his power play goal against uh, Dallas. 
Probably, was, yeah. He might have tied him. I think he was at nine. He was eight or nine. Either way, not great. Um, we have one usable unit. I've I've talked about this. I think from the like we had it right at the beginning of the year where you kind of split up the two units. Like I know Sider has been your best defenseman, but I think like if you really wanted to have two usable units and like have more flow, I think Nick Letty, when Nick Letty and Raymond were playing off each other on the power play, I thought that really worked. And Sider with Hironic and Zadina really worked off the top of that umbrella. And yeah. we went away from we went away from that really quickly. When that was when their power play was the best, I'm pretty sure. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's I felt like that's when it was the most productive. Yeah. Uh, Grant, you, Grant, you see that the same way? Uh, sort of. Not really. Okay. I thought it was good for a stint there, and then they changed it up, and it was better. And then now it took a deep fall off the deep end. So do you go back to basics and restart with that? That's the question, and I think it's a yes. Yeah. You go back to those first units. Do I think it was the best unit? No, I don't. But I think you do go back to it. Okay, that's fair. Um, yeah, like I think like ultimately that's where I'm leaning towards. I do think like I thought they had better looks in the beginning of the season, but also it was still really fresh with like Raymond not having like nobody really knew what to expect from Raymond, and obviously his coverage is just more and more increased every game. Oh yeah, his time and space is gone. But I mean he's he's starting to adjust more. Like he kind of had like that quiet stretch, but I think I felt now like he said the dangerous game here and there, but he's been really better of late. I, he's like, working through it. For he's sure. definitely working. Like he's a player. Like I'm not worried about. Like he's gonna. No. He's gonna. He's so smart. He's gonna figure it out. Um, yep. but with, uh, yeah, I was okay. Yeah, I was gonna go to the penalty kill next. I my brain shorted there. Um, penalty kill awful start to the season. But after that, we've been like I'm pretty sure recently we've been one of the better penalty kills. I don't know. I don't have the numbers right off the top of my head. Um. But I feel like it's been better. Like, I feel like we're not getting scored on the power play as much. I know, granted, we just talked about two power play goals against the past two games. But one was overtime and the other one was a terrible Nashville game. So I guess from that sense. Um, and also, Nashville has a lethal. Percentage-wise, we're not doing great on the penalty kill. I said we had an awful start. I think we were the, I think we were the worst penalty kill in the start of the year. I think we've been getting okay. better. If, we, if you look at it from half, half and half, if you did a season split of it, Grant, I'm pretty sure we'd be like a league average penalty kill. Okay, I could be wrong on that. I feel like that's it. Seems it seems like it, anyways. Yeah, beginning of the year we were awful. Like I'm not trying to defend our beginning of the year; it was pretty bad. But it seemed like we figured that out, and as soon as we figured that out, the power play went to shit. It seems like we flipped completely. At the beginning of the year, we didn't have players. We didn't know who because our penalty kill players are gone from last year. Right, pretty much, pretty much. There's a lot of there's a lot of tryouts. Also, we didn't try we didn't use Bertuzzi on the penalty kill for the first half of the year. I'm pretty sure. Right, which, yeah, he's one of our better penalty killers. I know it's one of those things you don't want your offensive talent playing the penalty kill, but if it's what works, that's how. That's how I feel about it, really. Yeah. Um, like I think it's been huge for Larkin not to be so much on the penalty kill this year because he plays so many minutes five on five in power play. Yeah. Suter's been really great for that, and I think Suter's been arguably our best penalty killer. Yeah. Um, I think a guy like Mitchell Stevens coming back, he's he was good on the penalty kill early on. Like that'll be a big another guy to take right-handed face-offs, which is an underrated thing to have. Because I think yep. all the guys we're using right now, I think it's like the two units are Nemestikov, Burt, and I think Suter and Gagne are the two units we really we mostly use. You rotate the occasional shift of Rasmussen. I think Valeno also took some shifts last game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think with that. Could like obviously Stevens hopefully comes back and he's still fully healthy and like can do what he was doing. Right. Um, but I, I've liked mostly what's come out of that 
recently. So I guess Doug Huda gets some points there. Good for him. Um, Deployment defensively, he he loses points. So that's tough. Um, Yeah, it's kind of like a quicker midseason grading. Again, we're we are mostly surprised where the Red Wings are at and pleased, really. Yeah. Um, like I said, I, I was predicting the Red Wings to be finished like sixth in the Atlantic, and they're gonna fi- they're gonna finish fifth this year. Like I think the Atlanta, the Eastern playoff standings, are, it's set. Like the Red Wings aren't gonna yeah. make it, and that's fine. We weren't expecting them to, and they made it interesting for way longer than I was expecting. Well, and that's that's all we kind of at the beginning, if I remember correctly. All we wanted is them. Like we all, I think we all had them around six, maybe five at the at the at a hope, right? I think is what mm-hmm. one of us had said. But uh, or, oh, it's been it's been exciting up to, for the most part, exciting up to this point. And like you said, we're we've been in it longer than we ever really expected to. So that's a big step for us, honestly. Like you can look at it, you can look at it one way as like, ah, oh, well. We've been falling off, but also at the same time, it's a big step for a young team that doesn't have a lot of experience. I agree completely. Um, but yeah, we can get into – I've got a couple other notes. Grant kind of teased it earlier and got me riled up about it. <laughs> um, Trevor Zegras is going to the All-Star game after not being voted in. Um, first, of all, first of all, I support the, I support the move. It's a good move. Mm-hmm. I agree with it. That's what the NHL should be doing is making interesting players put in the all-star game. And it seems like the NHL kind of just looked at this and wiped their hands and was like, all right, we did enough for the time. They stopped at that. That was the only other extra guy they were going to bring in. Go ahead. Quick, Sorry. Quick, quick. He's in the all-star game. not You're covering your mic. Oh, I said he's in the all-star game, not just the skills comp. No, I, I no, misspoke. I he's just the skills comp. But, okay, um, so he, so they're doing what McKinnon had meant, like we talked about last week. Yeah, we bring him in for the skills comp, but yeah. don't like have them. Well, yeah, I guess they already have a representative, but yeah, why don't they do that? So if they're already doing that there. Why don't they? That's do what that I'm saying. The, like they yeah. stopped just there. That's my main problem with it. Not my main problem. Well, how do you know they, they stopped just there? That that was the only one that's announced officially. So I guess if unless they surprise us, like well, I, don't I feel know. like I think that that was the kind of the whole point of it was as a surprise. They said and Trevor Zegers maybe making an appearance. I don't know that that's just saying that he's the only one. I'd assume they'd have guys that are flashy in their own sense, do their own thing. Like a guy like Martin Furt come show up for the fastest shot. Fastest shot. Hard shot, same thing. Well, it still is fast. <laughs> it is fast, they, I agree. They, they no, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying. That's what I want more of. Like, I, I, yeah. I hope Martin Furk's there because he legitimately has the fastest shot. Or hard, I messed it up too now as I just made fun of Grant. Hardest shot. He has the hardest shot on record. Like, there's no reason he shouldn't be there. Right. Like, if you're going to do the same thing for Zegers. Um, but, yeah, like, I was happy about this. I'm happy for Zegers. I think this is really good for the game. And I know Emily Kaplan almost hinted that Lucas Raymond might be going in – I think that was the Thursday game against for Boston and Washington. I watched the ESPN plus game. She talked about that. And I thought that was kind of interesting. She almost like hinted that Raymond might be going, but like also like nothing's been confirmed after that. In what sense? Like, I know she just said, she said maybe Raymond, like that's all she said. Like it was kind of like a throwaway comment. I was like, that's really weird. I had that written down. You could like find the clip on ESPN plus, but um, I more so have like the problem now with like, 
Now he's going to the All-Star game. The, the NHLs are promoting it that it, as if he is an All-Star. And the the rookie, the NHL.com's rookie rankings for the Calder, they had wrote an article. I wrote the, I read the whole article. It mentioned that Moritz Sider and Raymond are having g- good seasons in about three sentences, and the rest of the whole article was how good Zegris was. Yeah, he's not. He's not even the best rookie in his position. Right. It's it's so. Yeah, we we you, you sent that text in our group chat earlier, and then yep. I'm just going to reiterate what I said. It's yeah, because he's flat. It's because he's flashy, and from the NHL standpoint, those are the players you want to see, right? The flashy players that sell the game. I understand that, but like as I said, the players that like it's it's to attract the casual or new hockey fan is to get those guys in there because you see the stuff he pulls off that is exciting that's i mean even as regular hockey fans as we are hardcore fans that's exciting to watch now the lackluster of praise let's say on mo and raymond <laughs> that's the the real hockey fans like like the ones that watch hockey pay atten- close attention to it they know that these two guys uh, are I want to say hand over foot, like you know, like they're not way above and beyond better than Zegers, no. but they're better. But they're a couple steps ahead. I don't even know if they're a couple steps ahead. I don't think they're a couple steps ahead that's, either. That's, that's a hard like. Uh, there's, it's hard to pinpoint who's better between the three of them. I I, I like I said before, my ranking would go Cider Zegers Raymond right now. Yeah. So still cider's better, right? Like in your uh, mind, I, right? I, I think cider is better. Right. Yes. So there we go. I just my main issue, I don't I have no issue with Zegris being in the all-star game. Let me make this clear one more time. I have no issue with that. I think that's the right call. He's the flashy player. You want the flashy skilled players there. Yep. yep. But the fact with the Calder trophy, that's my main issue. Yep. That's like I know a lot of Red Wing fans like took it as in more like both, like having an issue with him being in the all-star game. I don't have an issue with that. That's right call. I have an issue with the NHL almost deciding like this is the guy that's going to win the Calder Trophy, and he's almost going to get in from camp like this campaign from the NHL with the advertisement of the post saying like is he going to win? And I, it almost feels like a way like they're swaying, but it's not what they're doing. It, but like a lot of times, that's what happens. Like people see tweets and they remember that. And Zegers is yeah. going to be remembered for the whole year from that flashy play, which is a good thing because it improves well, it's not the a game. Fan vote. No, it's not fan vote. The writers, the yeah. writers are on Twitter though, right? Like they're going to see this. Persuaded by. I the the NHL media spokesperson. There's no way. I don't believe that. I think they definitely they definitely take some of that in. They take some of it in. Yeah, yeah. They definitely take some of that in. Definitely. Okay, then then I should have a job as an NHL writer. I agree. Literally, then it's a joke. Yeah. If if that is a lot of you're saying that you think that yes, they will take that into account. Like they should not have jobs because there's a lot of guys. So for. Voting sake, most a lot of beat writers have their votes for their the, the major awards. Like Max Boltman for Detroit, he he gets a vote for who wins awards, right? And a lot of other teams do. And then there's a couple of national guys like Elliot Friedman has his votes. I think Jeff Merrick also has votes. I'm not 100 sure on that. I know so, Friedman does for sure. So, but like this, it's happened in the past too, Grant, where guys have been kind of slighted by words, and I'm not like. I just remember it being a cause of commotion, like, like on other podcasts and stuff like that, where they brought it up where, especially for the West coast team. So like a lot of the votes come from the East coast, like writers, I mean, West coast has their fair share too, but with um, certain things like publicity, 
the East Coast teams, Eastern Conference teams get more viewership just because of the time change, right? Like everything or the time difference and stuff like that. Like we we see more Eastern teams. So like Western players are hidden a lot more. And like, so for guys going to all-star games and getting awards and stuff like that, that's they're overlooked in that sense because of the, the time difference. So a lot of these players, a lot of these people, a lot of people taking a, like read different, see tweets and stuff like that or different highlights and just go off of that a lot of the ways too. Correct. That's and, what and scenarios. Like, like I don't have any specifics, but, that does play a factor into it. I kind of think, uh, actually, well, this is not, I was about to point out the Aginla one when he didn't win the heart, but that was kind of different. That was a Montreal reporter leaving him off completely. Right. Which, which is that was the reason. ridiculous. Yeah. That's why he didn't win. It was Jose, Te- uh, Jose Te- Theodore that won yeah. the heart that year. Um, but yeah, again, like I think I, I feel like there's a lot of like, not, I don't know if it's, I think it's just, I think mostly it's not the NHL consciously doing it. I think it's them promoting a guy who scored a sweet goal and they're going to keep trying to ride that wave, which for better, for worse, that's fine. But I I think they need to do a better job of promoting, promoting a lot of the other young players. Like I think like a guy like Seth Jarvis has really flown under the radar this year. And I think he's a really senior year. Um, The Tanner Janelle one. I mean, he's another guy leads the rookies in goals. Like that's like 30. I know he's like 30. I don't agree with, I don't. Yeah. I was going to say like, there's an asterisk there, but like, um, I think Seth, yeah, Seth Jarvis would be another one I'd go. Like, I think they need to promote more young guys. And again, that goes back to the all-star skills competitions. Like I said, you want to watch the new up-and-coming talent. With Zegris, I felt like they kind of stopped right there, and they're just like, all right, we did one. Why not have more? You've opened the store. Why not let more in? Yeah. Also, um, on that point, the NHL used to do a rookie showcase at the that's all-star I mean. game. That's what they Yeah, it was do. Danny, Danny they, Healy, wasn't it? Yeah. Healy? Yeah those so yeah, why we're much fun to? yeah how much fun that would be yeah have heater like, back in it become a yeah, I mean, well, obviously yeah um <laughs> yeah. but no you have like cider raymond like obviously jarvis segris drysdale london oh yeah i forgot about london london's another guy they need to promote more that guy's sick yeah yep. he is good um but yeah i'll get off this like i yeah Obviously, again, I, I'm happy for Zegers. He's going to go on the breakaway challenge, and I hope he does some cool stuff. Like, I know they're bringing back the original, so like maybe he gets the Corey Perry mini stick. Did like I remember that one? That was like that's like my favorite one. I think back on like one of my favorite moves. Yeah, that 2012 All Star game. I remember that. Like I was watching this. Grant, we were on the same team that year as Pee Wee's. We were in. Um, I forgot we were somewhere downstate. We were playing a tournament. I remember watching like watching the skills comp. Okay. It was the year. I think it was Lidstrom. It was Lidstrom was one of the captains that year. It was Lidstrom right, and so. Alfredson were the two captains for the All Star game. So much fun. That was the still the draft. That was, was um, that the year that like it was the rookie showcase too, and they had like Colin Greenway, and it was yes, uh, yeah, yeah, he was the, Greening, fa- one of the fa- Colin Greenway. Greening. Yeah, he was the fastest skater. Yeah, yeah, they still do at that point. I forgot about that. They had like and five rookies who, there. I can't. Even, Matt Reed. Yeah, Matt Reed was there. Matt it was Reed. It was a much. It was a bunch of like nobodies, but like Colin Green. It was like his Colin Green. That was the most points he had in a, his career. Like that was yeah. his career year. It was his rookie year. Um, yeah, like that's that's a really good callback. Um, yeah. So I guess we move on. I wanted to do uh, the chick. We kind of hinted at the chickren. So Merrick reported Saturday that Arizona's received one offer, unnamed team, for two former first round picks and in a, in a future first round pick. And it's really weird because he's always said that Florida has been a, a team that's in the mix, New York. 
And but he doesn't name he doesn't name the team that put in the offer, which makes me think that Detroit is in there or the Islanders, because obviously the Islanders have been sniffing around too. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. I don't know. Like obviously, obviously, if that's the price, like I'm throwing Zadina in the mix. Because I know Kraftsoff is on the table for New York. Yeah. I, I Zadina's this is the superior player than Kraftsoff. He's played games. He's played, he's played NHL sure. games. <laughs> yeah. So well, you think like their package, I don't know what, what their standards are, but a package like if they do two first round picks, maybe Contre Miller, is he he was early second or late first? Late first. Late first, Contre Miller and Krapsov. And we got Zadina and Valeno or Zadina and Rasmussen. So I mean, take your pick. And then that's if it's the Red Wings. I, I don't know if I'd see the Red Wings in the sweepstakes because you think defensively we're going to have to sign two guys to huge contracts defensively as in Sider and Edmondson in the future. Mm-hmm. I agree. And, and Unless you are thinking of check on what does he have about four years or three. He's going to have, I believe he's, 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 got, he's technically at four years right now, but after the season expires, he's going to have three more. Yeah, three. Unless you're three using him as like a three-year and then trade him, which makes it really interesting. But I, I don't know if I would see that because then he'd be getting a payday at the same time as like Cider and Edmondson. I just think at this point where the Red Wings are at, they've kind of – it's a good thing where they put the position they're putting themselves in because they're kind of in no man's land. But it's not no man's land because they're all the prospects, all the young guys are the ones performing. It's not like 30 year olds that are pro- propelling us to, you know, 20th in the standings, right? This is all young guys are going to be part of the core. But at this yeah. point, Stevie's got to make some interesting decisions considering we're not going to have the luxury of a higher draft slot. Because at best, right now, I think we're, I think we'll draft like eighth or ninth, which we could still end up with. I'm not saying trade this year's first, I'm saying next year. I wouldn't trade this year's first for sure, even for Chikrin. I wouldn't do it. Um, it's just not on the table because I think Brad Lambert could still be there when we're picking, and I want Brad Lambert. Yeah. Um, but for Chikrin, like you need to get creative, and Stevie did get creative with Tampa. Like he was able to pull Sergeyev. I know different circumstance, but also like uh, like another quality defenseman like that. Like you really shore up that top four. Like you have Chikrin, Sider, and then Edvinson, Heronic, and then Gus Lindstrom, and then who cares is this other defenseman like a. Witter. Isaac Witter yeah. Witter could do it. Vero, um, we're forgetting about Sabrango, like yeah. a bunch of other guys, Johansson, even again, like I think for that price, too. Like, I don't think you can really like that for the Red Wings, they could do that comfortably, and I think they'd be okay. Well, that that puts you in a spot where you almost have your decor shored up for the, the, the future, right? Where, then you use your defensive prospects as trade chips and you have a shit ton of defensive prospects that you can use as trade chips or for high talented forwards. If you want to make a blockbuster deal. Yep. That's what I'm saying. I'm just saying it's an option. I don't know if it's the right call. I think Chikrin is a worthwhile player and I think he's still young enough where you could make it work. And you make, if you make him happy, right? Like there's no, like Steve Eisman's one of the best contract negotiators in the league. Um, yep. And yeah, I went to like I made the note about Bertuzzi, but we can talk about that's a future problem. I, I had the note next to it, but I, I just remembered it now since we talked about the contracts. But um, anyway, like with back to Chicken, like I trust Steve Eisman. Like I know what he's doing, and 
ultimately whatever decision like i don't think it's gonna be a bad move if we don't get chikrin obviously i think it's a really interesting contract like an interesting guy to follow and in attempt to get simply since we have a guy like Zadina who could be used and is a valuable trade chip at this point yep but I, we also suggested i mean if you're not like we need to make this work and if he gets a look on that top line and performs like great like that's we're, we're all happy maybe you know he I mean? does the, maybe leading up to the trade deadline he starts performing a little bit and has a little bit more value maybe and again like i think this chicken like it sounds like i know merrick talked about it today i think they're talking like on the podcast 32 thoughts it almost seems like arizona is like all right everyone show your cards it's kind of that's kind of how he phrased it so they're not even sure what kind of package who's it even from like so it might not even be an actual package almost it might be a bluff to, for teams to get their best to, to throw their best offer on the table yeah for like for like the Rangers of the Florida Panthers to kind of like shit or get off the pot, yeah, because they kind of want to get yeah. it done and they don't want they don't want to have this carrying over them, which is a smart play. Like that's, I don't think they should. This shouldn't be a thing that follows Chikrin for years, right? Um, that's... yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. We could end on the Marshan versus Carolina stuff. <laughs> Hilarious. Marshant's so freaking funny, man. We'll do it. We'll do a quick rant because I know you need to get going. But uh Brad Marshand going at the Carolina Hurricanes because Vinny Trocek, uh Little Caesars alum, Vinny Trocek, uh suggested someone asked him if he compares like, compares his game to Brad Marshand. He's like, You are you comparing me to are you calling me a rat? And then Marshand screenshotted his hockey DB page with the career statistics of Brad Marchand versus Vinny Trocek. Obviously Vinny Trocek's a solid player. He's no Brad Marchand. And Brad Marchand said, this is like comparing a Lamborghini to a Prius. And that same night, Carolina absolutely destroys Boston. It was seven one. And Carolina tweeted L is for Lambo. And Marchand said, you're the reason why we still play 20% in escrow afterwards. Hilarious. He's on it. He's on, he's really on his, he's on his shit right now. Like with, he's pissed about the Olympics. I think yeah. he said no to the all-star game. Cause there's no way the NHL just said, we're not breaking them. I think he said no to the all-star game. Um, He's obviously, he's, he just doesn't care what he says. He's kind of like 90 year old man after they just don't care what they say. And he's just saying whatever he wants. And it's, it's awesome. It's really great content. What he's so like going on that point, he is kind of seems to me like he is on his Brett Hall because apparently Brett Hall didn't give a shit of what anyone said, like from stories and stuff like that. Obviously, there wasn't as much media coverage, but like a Brett Hall or Keith Kachuk, like he didn't give a shit what anyone said or or what he had to say. If he had something to say, he was going to say it. Right. And I love it. It's entertaining entertainment for us to watch. And I mean, anything he says doesn't matter what it is. He's he's backing it up on the ice. Like his play backs it up. So. I think he has free range of doing what he's been doing. Absolutely. Grant. Yeah, no, I agree. I think he's a character and uh, there's the kind of people you need in sports. For sure. Um, I'd also like to quick, I just wanted to touch on the, uh, the Jordan Subban situation that happened over the weekend. How awful that is. That was a disgusting display by, I can't even think of that other guy was, but. Uh, there's no place. Doesn't does not have a place in the game. I don't know if you guys get to uh, saw P, PK's um, reaction. Oh, yeah. That was so well spoken. PK is so well spoken. 
about that. And like, if that was my brother, like if that's Grant, like that, and if I was in a different, we're in a different situation like that. And that happened, like, obviously I can't say anything as a white, like a white man in that situation, but like different scenario. Right. That happens. Like, I don't know if I'd be that polite about it. No, I don't think I would be at all. I wouldn't either. And PK Subban was like so well-spoken about it. And like, again, there's, there needs to be some serious change. Like you can't like parade hockey is for everyone when, this happens twice in the same weekend because it was Boko Iman. Iman it was what's his last Iman. name? I'm sorry, the uh, Kings captain or whatever. Or Ontario Tucson. Rain. Yeah, Ontario he's Rain. Tucson, yeah. isn't he? No, Ontario Rain. Yeah, he's a, he's, he's, he was. Crazy. He wasn't. He was in Tucson, but he's in Ontario he's, now. Oh, he was Ontario last year. I thought he went to Tucson this year. Oh, you might be. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah. Check maybe check the DB before I'm. I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure he's Ontario. Okay. Um, but again, like that's just also with the one with Boko, he didn't know about it until after I, I heard something today that in he didn't know what happened on the ice, but then his teammates were the ones that reported it, and he saw the video afterwards, and he was like really upset. And it's just Most so recently awful. with Tucson Roadrunners. Okay, all right, I was wrong. Yeah. Either way, like again, it's just super disgusting. I know his teammates were the ones that reported it, like I said, and he saw the video and like the, the meeting about the suspension. Cause he was in there with the commissioner of the AHL and he was, I guess he was like really upset about it and it really hurt him, which is just so unfortunate that players have to deal with that kind of thing. And that's like the second time in three years towards Boko himself. I believe. Yeah. It's crazy. Cause it happened once with, when he was in Ontario. That's okay. That's what I'm messing up. Yeah. Yeah. Because it did happen uh, maybe last year, but it, uh, no, two or two years ago, maybe I, don't know, I can't remember when, but it's not the first time it's happened to him alone in the professional ranks. Who knows how many other times growing up. Right. Yeah. And I'm just hoping for like Jordan, Jordan Subban and uh, um, Boko. Uh, I hope they can like, they're able to move, like they're able to move past, like not move past it, but like not be affected by this is the better term. And those yeah. two players who were the, the players who did those, the, you know, the actions, like the racial <sighs> gestures, they've, they, I think they should have faced some more punishment, like some more serious punishment, honestly. Um, and I hope they learn from it, honestly. Yeah. And I hope the, the leagues, the, the leagues need to set h- harder, harder guidelines for that. So that does not happen. Well, that's the thing is, so I was talking about it with Shelby and yep. we were like, I, I told her the background story of it, everything like that, obviously disgusted, but mm-hmm. she goes, I said, the sad thing is it's not the first time it's happened in any league, NHL, AHL, East Coast, you know, whatever, Southern Pro, it ha- happens junior hockey everywhere. And then she goes, well, what do those players get? I said, basically, in that sense, a slap on the wrist. And then it comes out, which I was almost embarrassed. I'm not sure what the guy in the AHL, what, what Boko situation got, but at least the East Coast League has stepped up and banned, like, he's not allowed to play hockey again, basically. He's indefinite, he's indefinite well, he's, right? Yeah. They're pursuing it and investigating it but he's indefinitely out until they investigate it because he came out with an estate a statement today no, Twitter. did you guys watch it yeah he's, he, cla- he claims that he did the tough guy pose which i think he, he said this, he does it all the time which i don't know if i like i think you got to be aware of the times as well like i think that's a i don't like that i feel like that's the agent telling him what to say mm-hmm. and trying to save his butt a little bit um, but the other I, inst- the other instance, the one with Boko, he got thirty games in the the AHL. But that 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 is more like that one is more. How do I explain it? European players 
come over and they don't know culture and they just know what goes on in their country and they come over and that's how they treat people. Doesn't make it right, but I understand what you're saying. So yes. that, that one is more, that one, I, the guy took credit for what he did. Yep. And uh, where I think this one's going to be investigated pretty thoroughly. Well, that's Which it should, one. You, know should you, be. Show, you show me for the, for the Subban incident. If, if he's saying that's what he does all the time, show me a hundred clips of him doing it in several different games. Then maybe. Maybe. Well, because yeah, I I thought the his statement maybe. was too much to hit for him to make up, which is hard yeah. to judge. I I don't like judging that kind of stuff because right away I'm like, people can't be doing those kind of gestures towards other people, and then mm. someone comes out with a hard hitting statement like that. Mm. You got to hear him out. Show me clips of of it and at different levels. If that's if it's true, there's they're going to be out there yep. in today's day and age. I agree. You know, well, there's so much game film you can go over and exactly. determine if it's fake or not. Like, right. And I hope they they take the time and seriously do it, and hopefully we get get a re- resolution out of this I'm sure, quickly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like we went we went a little like really long with that. I kind I kind of thought about that at the end. We should say something. Yeah. And I so I thought if anyone hasn't seen it, go watch PK talk about it because that's his brother, and I think he's really well spoken about it. Someone who's dealt with racism over his career for a really long time and. Arguably, that's at the what, NHL level too. At the NHL level, that's arguably how he left how he Montreal. Left. If you really, really want to think about it, um, but that's going to do it for this episode. Um, three Red Wing games this week that we'll cover in the next episode. Um, big one on TNT that I'm really excited for the first Red Wing game on TNT. Um, that's going to do it. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, support inside the rink. Uh, use BetUS code Rink, and yeah, follow follow us on Twitter at uh, the TPL Pod. Mm-hmm.